You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey there, Mackie and Jeb with Rami listeners. We're asking you to help us improve the listener experience of this show, whether it's segments, advertisements you hear, you name it, by going to scorenorth.com, keyword MJR, and filling out a quick survey. You can help make the show better. Please help us cater this show and the ads to what you want. Scorenorth.com, keyword MJR. And if you fill it out, Judd will give you an awkward bro hug next time he sees you. I promise. Well, here I am in Boxer Bruce. <laughs> TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Alright, let's just start the show here. Let's just let's just pick up where Purple Daily left off, actually. Let's just rewind for a second. Mackie and Jug with Rami on Score North and the Score North app. Let's and we're fan that flame a little we're, bit. We're putting Jonathan on the spot a little bit here. He's just been frantically producing behind the glass, but and let us know if you need us to like kill <laughs> no, some more we're time. Good. I think I'm good. Now. Okay, we're all set. Alex yeah. Boone, Alex Boone, who played uh, a year and two training camps with the Vikings, and he's been just a super fun contributor on the Tuesday and Thursday episodes of Purple Daily with Matthew Collar. He doesn't pull punches. Alex Boone, there's a lot of former athletes that get on a microphone or get on TV or get on the radio, whatever it is, get on social media, and we're just going to sugarcoat things, right? Wouldn't want to, hey, I'll, yeah. I'm going to tell you what I really think off microphone, but then when I get on the microphone, I'm, I'm going to be somebody else. That is not Alex Boone. Alex Boone has, well, he has a little bit of a filter because there are certain words you can't say on the radio, and I don't think he said any of those words yet. We haven't so had to we'll dump see. him yet. We'll nope. see. Fingers right. crossed. Haven't had a dump. Good. So this is Alex. Can we just set it up by saying this is Alex Boone on his former teammate? He played with Adrian for a year, or is he getting these stories from other people? No, 2006. He played one year with him. Yeah, I Sixteen. Okay. Alex Boone on Adrian Peterson, who makes his return uh, this week. Adrian Peterson, to me, was the definition of why you shouldn't meet your heroes, ever. And, I, and I'm a firm believer of that because after I met Adrian, I was so disappointed. I had played with Frank Gore for so long, and I had known Frank and the way he was, and every single day he was going to show up at 5.30 and be there to get work done on his legs and work out. And because he knew that if guys saw him there at 5.30 and they didn't see him leave till 9 at night, they would think that they had to be there. And he was so right. And I loved Frank for that because he made a team that was an average team so much better. Adrian was the opposite. Adrian was a very self-centered player, and it bothered me. And not only that, but to have your dad throw shade on us the year after yep. you leave. Like, dude, are you serious right now? I know that no one's ever talked about this, and I know it's never come up. But I'm going to tell you right now that that Colts game, he should be embarrassed for himself for how he played and how that game ended I'm not kidding you. I've never been around an NFL player that I was so embarrassed for and ashamed of at the same time. Like I was like, dude, are you really being for real right now? Did he pull himself out of that game? He pulled himself out of the game. He ran the wrong way on power and fumbled the ball and blamed it on the O-line. I was like, dude, are we really going to have this conversation right now? Mm. And then he was like, it's your fault. It's the O-line's fault. We lost. I was like, dude, you left in the first quarter. 
Like, what? Where were you? Like, this, we, we started a mount of comeback. You fumbled the ball. Like, seriously? This is how it's going to be. And then after that, it's just every time you talk to him, he was just so down. And if anyone remembers, we started there. You're like 5-0. and oh. Yep. And even he was like, dude, what is wrong with Adrian? Like, he is not acting like himself. Like, everybody was just so weird that year. And it was just not right. And, and, and I swear, meeting him has ruined me forever. It's ruined him forever? He's scarred? Whoa! Alex is scarred? Whoa! What? Alex What just ruined... happened on these airwaves? You know what was the most shocking part of that? He indicated that Adrian Peterson was skipping leg day. No way Adrian <laughs> Peterson was skipping leg day. Did you yeah. see those quads? Yeah, if we're ranking the most shocking things that were said in those last two minutes, Adrian Peterson skipping leg day? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. I don't believe that. I'm sorry, Alex. I don't believe that Adrian Peterson skipped leg day. What Just, an absolute takedown. So what happened in this Colts game that he's talking about? Okay, that's that's the game. First of all, there's about um, probably two games since Mike got here in 2014 where the team has not shown up and or quit. Okay. This was a game in which they quit. But the story, you see, this is the thing when fans say, oh, you guys, you're making, Mackie and Judd, you're making stuff up. And we're like, no, no, no. Often, it's worse than we know. Like, fans are like, no, it's Peterson. And we're like, no, he's not a really good guy, and he's not a good teammate. And then Boone comes along after the fact. It's like, not only is he not a good teammate, he's a terrible teammate. So what Peterson did was, Peterson got hurt in, in what, Phil, week two or so against the Packers? Yes. Okay. Then it's, is he going to come back or not? Is he going to come back or not? Is he going to come back or not? And for that Colts game, they I think they didn't want to really play him, or there was some uh, it was late question the there. It was late, and the team was coming unglued. Uh, long story short, though, Peterson threw his guy, and I'm not joking, and he made an appearance at the Twins playoff game. DJ Ski basically told Skeezy, I'm playing, and decided to play. And like Zimmer lost all control, and this was all this was already a year that was spiraling, right? So it's going down the toilet drain pretty quickly. And Peterson's like, "Oh no, I'm going to do this." And then, as Boone just said, he runs the wrong route. He gets hurt again. He blames, and I didn't know this that, that, that he actually had the audacity, the temerity, to blame the, the unmitigated off- gall. <laughs> yes, to blame the offensive line. But I mean, you know what? All this does is confirm the fact that in this guy's prime, he was an unbelievable talent, but he was never a good teammate. Really, he well, never he never really was. And and what this does now is it basically just puts a bow on the package of the fact that that Peterson here at the end. So he forced his way back onto the field after an injury. By telling T- DJ Ski, I'm well, he said this I'm week. playing, and the Vikings were like, "No, we're not announcing a thing." And he's like yeah. telling Skeezy, "I'm playing, I'm for, playing, I'm playing." And for reference, he hadn't played in three months, so yeah. his his his, la- his he got injured against Green Bay in Week Two, and the Vikings were off. To, so this was the I forgot, I totally forgot about this dynamic. So the Vikings came. Sam Bradford comes in emergency. This was Sam Bradford's big season, right? They start five and zero. They were five and zero. Yeah, and Sam Bradford's slinging it around, and they're 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 moving the ball through the air, and uh, and they're and they're also not to say that they had any running backs that were better than Adrian Peterson on their roster, but the overall holistic offensive approach was just 
much more of a modern approach to running an offense. And then he came back. He's, you know, yeah, the Vikings were on the verge of playoffs. They were like 7-6 and six going into that Colts game. They still have a shot. And he wants to kind of shoehorn his way back into the season. And that Colts game, they got beaten. They were down 27 to nothing, And and things were kind of coming apart at the seams they didn't leading show up to that game. Yep. And the Colts, I want to say the Colts threw, the, I, don't, I don't remember who their tight end was, but whoever their tight end was caught like, a hundred yards worth of passes in that game, mm-hmm. and it just wound up being the end of that version of the Vikings. Um, by the way, here are the numbers. Uh, they had a yeah, they threw to multiple different tight ends, and uh, they carved up the Vikings. Just Andrew Luck had a big day. So, just back to what Alex Boone said about Peterson. How so? That's one person's opinion now on the record. It's pretty rare you hear someone that soon after playing with someone just fillet them publicly like Alex Boone did with Adrian Peterson. And if you want to hear the whole thing, just go back and listen to Purple Daily from today, anywhere you find podcasts. How should Adrian Peterson be remembered from your points of view? How should we think of, because he's coming back on Thursday, how should we think of a decade of Adrian Peterson here in the Twin Cities. And I'd love to, because Rami, Rami has been a Bears follower. You're new to the Twin Cities mm-hmm. in the last year. So I'd love to get your outside perspective, too, on how you sort of saw 2007 through 2017 with Adrian Peterson. He's one of the greatest running backs I've ever seen play the game. I mean, flat. if we're just talking purely about performance, one of the greatest running backs I've ever seen play the game. I didn't. I I had never heard anything about him being a bad teammate before I got here. The only mark against him, if you will, before I got to Minnesota was the child abuse scandal that that happened right right before he left Minnesota. That and I mean, I was I was really rough on him when when that story came out. I know a, a lot of people were so that that was kind of, that's a pretty big black mark on his record and his legacy to me but when i got here and saw the the absolute lack of love lost for adrian peterson as a person or as a player given everything that he did in a vikings uniform that was one of the things that borderline shocked me as far as sports go that people that he doesn't seem to have much of a legacy or or a following or or a, a loyalty from Vikings fans around here. I, w- I found that pretty surprising when I moved to Minnesota. I think he did, and then um, it, it got rough. But w- when this Was it the child abuse thing, or was that it start, just that's, did, did that stuff started like this start no, to leak no, out? No, no, no. The child abuse thing, uh, <laughs> rightfully so, shifted the perception. But I'm going to give you, Phil, I'm going to give you exact years, because I don't think that it's fair to say to recall him in just one one word or one time period. I would say that the Adrian Peterson from 2007 until the guy who got hurt 2013, correct? Christmas Eve? Mm-hmm. Okay. That guy is one of the most exquisite, greatest running backs. That that guy, I think to this day, puts himself probably, if you were to rank the Vikings offensive, greatest offensive players, I think he's top five there. Mm-hmm. I think he's top five. Yeah, him, Moss, we could get on the list. Tarkington, yeah. phenomenal, okay? Then 2015... Or, I'm sorry, 2012, he has that great year. But I think from the child abuse scandal, and then and if you want to draw the line, let's take, just for the sake of this conversation, that out for one second, and let's draw the line at him as a player. I think he lost the fans and the team, and really probably, and he was still good here, but should have lost his job. Opening night of what, of what would have been Bridgewater's 
first year as the full-time starter? Was that 2015 against the 49ers? 14 or 15. Okay. Because that's the one where, where they had worked all training camp long with Teddy and Pistol and basically been like, okay, this offense is going to be built around you, which, by the way, first-round quarterback should have been. And that's the one where where they lost the game in San Francisco. Um, Peterson clearly struggled. And instead of being like, okay, Adrian, we need you to adapt here, they basically threw up their hands and said, it's your offense, sorry. And And where Teddy got me as far as being a guy that wins is that year. Because he easily could have said, what the hell are you guys doing? I'm the quarterback. So, So to answer your question... The first part of Peterson is one of the top five offensive players in Vikings history. That good. That good and flawed, but that good. But those last few years, to me, exposed him as a guy who was a real problem. And and when you don't look at at Teddy at that time and say, it's your deal, I'm going to do the best I can to adapt, and you say, what are you guys doing? I'm Adrian Peterson. Lost me completely. Yeah, I actually, you know what? It was it was a moment after he left the Vikings and played his cup of coffee with the New Orleans Saints. It might have been the the Week One game where cameras, national TV cameras, picked him up, and he I is do remember that. in the ear shouting shouting down one of the great offensive coaches in NFL history and Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. Sean Payton. Now, I don't think you should be shouting down any coaches because I just don't think you need to be disrespectful in public like that. You can take those conversations behind closed doors. We don't need. It's like, how are you going to help the team by shouting down your coach on national TV on the sidelines in the heat of the moment, right? If, if, if you think that the offensive scheme should be different or you should be used differently, that's a conversation that should just take place at practice or behind the scenes. And that's with any coach. That's with like even Adam Gaze, who probably is going to get fired here at some point and got all worked up about something he shouldn't, which we can get into that as well, and hasn't blinked in five years. Sean Payton, <laughs> love him or not, is one of the great offensive coaches of my life watching football. Yep. And Adrian Peterson, in his twilight, is shouting him down on national TV. And like all of the stories about him being hard-headed and stubborn behind the scenes and selfish, all of that came to light in public. But I can't get this cross-sport comparison out of my head when I think about Adrian Peterson's legacy on the field. He's a golfer who hits the ball 375 yards. He's the greatest driver off the tee we've ever seen. If it's just hand the ball off and run and go and break an 80-yard touchdown and stiff arm somebody you know, five yards off the sidelines. He's the he's the greatest of my lifetime. He's he's on the Mount Rushmore of just pure thoroughbred running backs handing the ball, right? But sometimes, especially in the modern NFL, I need a pitch shot. I need uh, I need like a lob wedge from fifty yards, or I might even need you to make a putt from from fifteen feet. I might need you to play on third down and pick up a blitzing linebacker. Uh, no, yeah, his or, game was so his game was nimble. limited. His yeah. game was limited, but give that dude the ball and he was going to do things with it that not a lot of guys who have ever played that position could do. I mean, he was a freak of nature when he got that football in his hands. Yeah. Well, he's, unfortunately he's he might fumble too. <laughs> that's yeah, he fumbled that, that's quite a, a few too. times. But th- that game, that Saints game, Monday night game, week 1, first game where, where he came back to face his former team. And he's not only shouting at Sean Payton, he's doing it with with two running backs on the depth chart who are better than him. That's the incredible thing. He is ending his career as as projected on this show years ago, and it's sad. But it's perfect Peterson, right? He's washed up. He won't quit. 
He's on a bad team. Where and and ultimately, if you gave him truth serum today and said, Adrian, you have no chance at a championship. You're aging. You're not that good. But you know what? On Thursday night, you're going to get the football. He'd say, I'm happy. Yeah, that's the sad thing about him. I think in his mind, he he cares so much about the all time rushing record. And in his mind, I think if you if you asked him now to be just fully completely honest, I think even he would say, "All right, it's probably, having missed almost two full seasons due to injury, it's probably going to be pretty tough at this point." But I'm pretty sure he wakes up every morning and he looks whatever website he looks at, or maybe he just has it pinned on his. I think for a while he had a date pinned on his locker of when he planned to break the all time rushing record. You're correct, and that was before he missed 15 games due to a suspension and then a full, almost a full season with another injury, but. He's currently eighth on the all-time rushing list, and he is 37 yards behind Jerome Bettis for seventh, 39 yards behind LaDainian Tomlinson for sixth, and about 500, 450 or 500 yards behind Curtis Martin for fifth. I think that gets him up in the morning. He would need to, and Frank Gore is still active, right? Frank Gore is still running around. Frank Gore is uh, 1,500 yards in front of Adrian Peterson, and that's the tier that you get to Frank Gore, Barry Sanders, Walter Payton is another notch up, and then and then Emmett Smith is another notch up. Peterson realistically can catch three more guys, and maybe even this season to become a top five all time rushing yards guy. I think that's what gets him up every single morning. Not that he doesn't care about team accomplishments, but I think his whole career he has been hyper focused on Emmett Smith's I mean, all time record. At this point, he doesn't care about team accomplishments. <laughs> no, he's in Washington. Does anyone on that team no play for Washington? And he's trying to be a top five all time rusher. That's all that's on Adrian Peterson's mind right now. Give me the ball, and Feed he shouldn't me. play because he he what he you're going to be shocked on Sunday. Gets a carry. His ankle gets twisted. His it gets twisted right. He fumbles the ball, loses it. And, and undergoes an MRI on Monday, and the Washington people are all like, let's wait, let's wait, let's wait. He tells our guy Palacero last night, I'm good to go. I'm fine now. <laughs> That's so Adrian. Yeah. Like, if he was playing, let's say he was playing the Giants on Thursday, there's a good chance he'd be like, uh, you know what, I probably I, I can't play in this one. But it's the Vikings, it's here. I'm good to go. It's so Peterson. Yeah. It's so he's, predictable. He's uh, it's. I, I really think he's going to turn out to be one of the more polarizing sports figures in Minnesota history. Although there's a lot of fans, you know, you and I have been ever since the the switch incident five years ago, the child abuse. You and I took a pretty hard line stance and went in on him. Got blocked the rest of the Twitter season by him. Yeah, he blocked Judd on Twitter. It got really bad, Rami. Were people saying you guys were being too harsh? Because that's yes. a lot of what I was getting. Including some yes. Vikings players. Like, you new age people. Yes. Like, this is just discipline. This is old school. Were you getting that, too? Yes. A lot of that. We definitely got that. Well, we had actually... Uh, what's Jerome his name? Jerome Felton was, was a weekly contributor on the show. He was the Vikings fullback at the time. And actually, he came in studio. We talked about this in person for like a half hour on the show. And that's the closest I will come to saying, all right... I, I hear you. Not to the point where I would ever take a tree branch to a child, but but he said when you grow up, I think his main point was everybody comes from someplace, and everybody comes from a line of thinking and a, and a way of mm-hmm. doing things, and and even as far as brain wiring, right? And if this is how you were wired, and this is where you were from, then this is how you act, and and you could that doesn't just apply to taking a switch to a kid; it applies to literally everything in right. life, right? Yes. Um, and so that was a huge conversation on the show. And I think what stood out to me during that whole incident 
was how many people just refused to say something negative about someone that they thought was this amazing, flawless figure, right? right? How dare you guys drag Adrian Peterson through the mud like this, et cetera, et cetera. And it was an, it was an amazingly interesting time in this town. What got me, though, ultimately, and where I really did a uh, hard turn on, on Peterson from there on out, was this. He could never admit that there might be any fault. Like, he couldn't say, I was just wrong. Like, I shouldn't have done that. He, the kid was cut. So right. it's, it's not like I hit him and you can't really see it at all. He cut the kid. I mean, this was awful. And he was incapable. And, and this is true of his personal life, I think. It's true of his professional life, for sure. Incapable of saying, oh, no, what I did was really wrong. Right. Like some, I see the error of my way. Some self-reflection to say essentially what Phil did, like, "Hey, this is this is what I came from. This is what I always how I what I always thought parenting was, but I was misguided. I was wrong. I should have broken the chain of of child abuse from from my lineage and and my my where where my where my family and and friends all come from. Like, you don't have to own that and carry it and say, "No, it wasn't wrong when they did it, so it's still not wrong when I do it." Like, after after you see the reaction from people like a moment of self-reflection dude and realize that maybe just maybe what's been going on for generations is not the right way to go about yeah. things possibly yeah so it's so if you missed it by the way let's let's run this back again it's it's like a minute and a half two minutes Maggie and Jeb with Rami we started the show just sort of carrying over the last segment from Purple Daily where Alex Boone, former Vikings offensive lineman, former 10-year NFL veteran, and a guy who played in the Super Bowl with the San Francisco 49ers, he's been a regular contributor all season on Tuesdays and Thursdays on Purple Daily. It's been a blast to have him, and he had some very open and honest things to say about his experience with Adrian Peterson as a teammate. Adrian Peterson, to me, was the definition of why you shouldn't meet your heroes, ever. And, I, and I'm a firm believer of that because after I met Adrian, I was so disappointed. I had played with Frank Gore for so long, and I had known Frank and the way he was, and every single day he was going to show up at 5.30 and be there to get work done on his legs and work out. And Because he knew that if guys saw him there at 5.30 and they didn't see him leave till 9 at night, they would think that they had to be there. And he was so right. And I loved Frank for that because he made a team that was an average team so much better. Adrian was the opposite. Adrian was a very self-centered player, and it bothered me. And not only that, but to have your dad throw shade on us the year after you leave. Like, dude, are you serious right now? I know that no one's ever talked about this, and I know it's never come up. But I'm going to tell you right now that that Colts game, he should be embarrassed for himself for how he played and how that game ended I'm not kidding you. I've never been around an NFL player that I was so embarrassed for and ashamed of at the same time. Like I was like, dude, are you really being for real right now? Did he pull himself out of that game? He pulled himself out of the game. He ran the wrong way on power and fumbled the ball and blamed it on the O-line. I was like, dude, are we really going to have this conversation right now? Hmm. And then he was like, it's your fault. It's the O-line's fault. We lost. I was like, dude, you left in the first quarter. Like, what? Where were you? Like, this, we, we started a mount of comeback. You fumbled the ball. Like, seriously, this is how it's going to be. And then after that, it's just every time you talk to him, he was just so down. And if anyone remembers, we started there. You're like 5-0. and yep. And even he was like, dude, what is wrong with Adrian? Like, he is not acting like himself. Like, everybody was just so weird that year. And it was just not right. And, and, and I swear, meeting him has ruined me forever. 
Wow. I want to know how it's ruined Alex forever. Well, well that last part might have been hyperbole, but I need further investigation had, into that. I think he showed up here and probably signed here admiring Peterson. I think a lot of guys loved him. They thought, man, this guy's unbelievable. But ruined him forever? Like, can Alex not trust anymore? Can Alex not love? Is Alex okay? You Alex, know what? Alex, Alex we might need, need to, therapy. We need to talk to Running Alex. backs, perhaps. It's ruined them. It's ruined running backs for, for Alex? Yeah. yeah. You can't watch a running back the same way. He just he can't he can't ever trust. He sits running there back. on Sunday. Alvin Kamara. He's like, man, I bet that guy's a jerk. Who would trust him? Bet that guy's gonna fumble and blame his offensive line. <laughs> running the wrong way on power, man. That's it. You listen, listen to Purple Daily, and all of a sudden, Alex is like, Dalvin Cook, best running back in the NFL. But I promise you, he's gonna fumble in Week 16 and blame his offensive he's line for it. He's gonna disappoint us all like, no, someday terribly. I promise you, it's, it's what they do. All right, Mackie and oh. Judd with Rami on scoring. By the way, if you missed that interview, and uh, well, interview, he's a uh, Alex is uh, is a co-host on Tuesdays and Thursdays, so. If uh, if if you missed it and you want to hear the whole thing, it's just Purple Daily anywhere you find podcasts. The Score North app is a great place to find all of our Score North podcasts. When we come back, Judd and Carly Zucker fought it out on Twitter this weekend. That's right. Judd keeps pissing people off on the internet. People love me. So we'll talk about that. We'll also hear from Timberwolves CEO Ethan Casson later in the show in a cramp session. Federated Mutual Insurance Company is here for you business owners out there. If you have interest in making sure that your business is protected, which you should, and uh, if you have interest in, I don't know, maybe working with a Minnesota-based company that's been around for over 100 years and has close ties to local sports teams in town like the University of Minnesota Athletics Department, then uh, Federated Insurance is the place for you. Federated is here to do two things. Make sure your business is operating as successfully as it can, and also they're here to raise money for great causes. Like, for instance, I mentioned the U of M connection. Uh, and the turnovers for kids. Every forced turnover by the Gophers defense this season, Federated Insurance donates $1,000 to Big Brothers, Big Sisters. So Federated is uh, just a great company all around. I've had a chance to meet people from all different parts of the company the last few years, and uh, they they devote so much of their energy and attention to helping business owners just like you. Federatedinsurance.com to find your Federated marketing representative and to find out about the industries Federated protects. Federated. It's our business to protect yours. You don't call out your coach in any situation. Maybe when he's fired, you do. Yeah. But if he's still in the job and the team is struggling as mightily as the Wild were struggling at that point, you certainly don't do it in that situation. You certainly don't do it by name. It was completely over the line. He was completely right to apologize. That was uh, Greg Wyshynski on Judd's Hockey Show, which you can find also anywhere you subscribe to podcasts and on the Mackie and Judd with Rami feed. You got in a fight with Carly Zucker on Twitter on Saturday. Yeah, what the hell was going on? It was not a fight. I was in Wisconsin trying to enjoy a nice weekend with family and loved ones, and my Twitter was just blowing up. People were like, Rami, why aren't you getting in this and taking up for Judd? I was like, I don't even know what's happening. (laughs) I'm, you're, looking, you're like, I'm not a hockey I'm guy. I'm only looking at Twitter once every four hours, and it appears to be <laughs> hockey-related. I am I am not equipped to, to jump into this thing. You're like, I'm not a hockey what guy, the, okay? I, not only am I not a hockey guy, I only half understood what was going on. What happened? All right, so long story short, as short as possible. The Wild got waxed by Montreal, was it last Thursday night, yes, Phil? Yes. Okay, they got waxed by the Canadians last Thursday, and at that point, I think they were 1-6. and six. I mean, they're, they're just a bad team, which is absolutely fine. Um, and 
they had a closed-door locker room meeting after the game. And after that, when they talked to reporters, this guy, Zucker, who you might have heard of by <laughs> this, now, this Jason Zucker came out and said, nice said Bruce Boudreaux has to be better, and we all do. So basically, he was indicting the entire team. But he named his coach. And I looked at that, and I said, I would either scratch him or suspend him for the next game because you don't name your, your coach. Um Anyway, so I just tweeted this, and, and and keep in mind, I'm the same guy that when Rosario did not run out a long fly ball that Rosario thought was going to be a home run, and you wanted him benched, and he yes, yeah. I wanted him benched, and guess what? A few Twins fans said, "Well, no, I don't agree," and a few fans said, "Yes, I do a- agree," and nobody who had anything to do with the Twins cared weighed in because sports ordinarily work like that. Okay, so you give your opinion on Twitter, and then it's just done. Um, but I got a ton of responses to this, and you said you can't bench him. You blah 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 blah. And some people said that that you should. His wife Carly, who had me blocked on Twitter, <laughs> unblocked me on Saturday morning to say, "Okay, Judd, that's enough." And it was fine. I mean, it was not that big a deal. So she unblocked you to respond to me to say basically, "Stop, you're a clown." Yes. Stop. Yeah. Well, she and she didn't call me a clown. I was I was subsequently called a clown, which is fantastic. <laughs> not by her. I am not embracing her. it, and I would not like to her. market this, please. I would like to market the clown thing, but not by her. Did anybody Photoshop a clown wig and nose on one your person? Face? One Good. person did, but All I'd right. like more. I'd like more of that. Yeah, if you could Photoshop a clown nose on Judd and just send it at Jay Zolgad. And, and, the rainbow, and a rainbow wig. I want a rainbow wig. I'm, on I'm with you on both yeah. those things. Yes. So I responded, look, the team's not very good, which they're not. And and But Jason then, who, by the way, has responded zero. I mean, he talked about this, but it's not like he t- tweeted me, too. He, um, he then, on the flight home from Montreal, and then after practice, because they didn't practice on Friday, after practice on Saturday... Made it very clear that he he had apologized to Bruce. He had said, "I'm sorry, I shouldn't have used your name," which he's right about. So right there, it's just done. It's just over with. Like if the team takes action, they didn't. That's fine. But long story short, it was. It's very rare that a player's wife or girlfriend responds. Very rare. I mean, I mean Phil has. It seems to happen. Yeah, I mean, Judge's been, judge been yeah. dating wives and it players seems to for a long time. To okay. that anyway. I've got names for you, Mrs. Koivu. N- don't know her first name. <laughs> never said a word to me. Mrs. Parisi. Same thing. Mrs. Suter. If Rosario has a girlfriend, I don't know, but she didn't get upset. Didn't, didn't uh, a Twins pitcher's wife get Blake upset? Parker, Blake Parker. Blake Parker, wife. who was yeah. then shortly thereafter jettisoned by said team. Uh, but the was point, that because? They I t- will say no. They mixed it up with Judd. I, I will say this the about. Were like, I will say this about. I will say this about pro sports teams. Pro sports teams, and I can say this with complete confidence, frown very strongly on family involvement about on field or on ice issues. They don't like it. I'll give you a prime example. There is no question that Kyle Sloter's release, and, and I know we joked about this guy a ton. But his release by the Vikings and not being brought back on the practice squad was expedited by his old man's constant tinkering and involvement. Colleges put up with it. Pro teams don't. They don't like it. So, so, and if I had gone after Jason and been like, he's also a terrible human being or something, then I totally get it, right? But I didn't. I was criticizing his, what, what he had said as part of the team. And teams do not like that. And so, 
I'm just curious because B- Bill Guerin, the GM of this team now, is an old school, really good locker room type of guy. And I'm curious how long he's going to say, "Hey, that's fun. This is a yeah. family. This is a family affair. Isn't this fun?" I had to go dig this up because uh, it struck me. It's, I thought one of us had a similar write that down prediction to this, like Judd interacting with athlete wives on Twitter. Okay. I found it from Zone Blitz. This was predicted three months ago. Okay. This was during the Blake Parker thing. Judd will inadvertently anger the wives of at least three more. <laughs> Twins players with clunky <laughs> tweets before the team clinches the central. Oh, you're right though. The timing wasn't right, and the team wasn't right. And my tweet wasn't clunky. My tweet was spot on. See, that's the thing is, you can't call it clunky. My tweet was dead on. It was spot on. And let's just say that I think I infuriated a lot of uh, fans of uh, a popular FM station as well. Yeah, because he because they're Cause both contributors. On, they're contributors. On, yeah. yeah. So well. And that's that, that was one of the questions that I got. Are you just are you just saying this because Jason Zucker is on the the morning oh, show? Oh, and I don't I'm like, he's on there. So, listen, this is just my and I and, and this story is put to bed now. And he apologizes. Yeah, just, he did. It fi- is what it is. Yeah, he's fine. But my first reaction was, and we did 20 minutes on this on Friday's show was, you. I don't even care if you're Zach Parisi. It's just not the right play to call out. Bruce Boudreaux has enough credibility in this league. And then, of course, my timeline devolved into, what makes you think he's a great coach? He doesn't have a Stanley Cup. I'm like, okay, so Andy, <laughs> Andy Reid's not a great football coach? Yeah. Andy Reid's, he's Andy Reid, he's, he's hockey Andy Reid. Regular season success and flames out in the playoffs doesn't mean that he's not a really, really good coach. Mm-hmm. And I think my general point was, if you're trying to be productive and you're trying to do what's best for the team, is is calling out your coach whether you're doing it as part of a group or or individually, mm-hmm. is that the best way to move the the ball forward here for for whatever your goal is? As and a you know team. what? And the answer is no. And but but he apologized to his for credit, him. right? But but to his credit, he realized it sounded bad. I was wrong. I am sorry. Okay, it's done. Right. But I am telling you flat out that professional sports teams do not see themselves as family affairs. They don't see themselves as. Let's see what your wife and kids have to say about this. Or, not to be sexist, if it's the Lynx, let's see what your significant non-playing, you know, other thinks about this. That's not how sports teams work. Professional sports teams work with, we have to deal with the players, the athletes, and we'll deal with them. In-house. In-house, and that's all we want. Right. We don't want any involvement from outside parties unless... You're an agent, and then we'll tolerate you, but we don't appreciate you. Remember uh, Miko Grimes, Brent Grimes' wife? Do you guys remember her going off on t- Like, I can't say most of the things no. that she said yeah. on Twitter the last week. Was this the Dol- Dolphins? With the Bucks? He was with the oh, uh, yeah. Dolphins, Dolphins at the time. He got traded to the Buccaneers not long after. That's what it was. I and it was very, this. very related. <laughs> Super related. Like just, I can't say most of the things that she said. Google Miko Grimes. And, didn't she rip, and I assure you those tweets are going to be the first thing that come up. Didn't she rip other players or something? Other players, the yeah. team for not paying him. Not a good yeah, idea. it was, yeah, she scorched the entire earth. It was amazing. It was my, great I think to watch. My favorite instance of wife sticking up for husband athlete is probably Giselle Bunchen throwing all the 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 and that was that wasn't a tweet that was her like caught person, on camera yeah. saying yeah well if somebody could maybe catch one of my husband's passes once in a while <laughs> which is which is directly Tom going home and saying those SOBs can't catch my passes yeah, for sure. and her parroting that <laughs> that's amazing 
So, all right. So, uh, where would you rank this in terms of your feuds in the in the Twitter era here? Your no, is this above or below Blake Parker's wife teeing off? On I thought you? that was by accident. I did not mean that. That was a that was a um, that was hilarious. Time what was that? What, what was he, that I, yeah, he tweeted out a link to a Score North article that one, I had written, one which he that was transactional, that written, right? And it was yeah. just transactional. It was just something transactional. And um, so it was. Was it tidbits? It might have been tidbits. It was very minor, though. And was one of, Twins tidbits drinking again? No. One of, one of the tidbits was Blake Parker is returning from injury or something like that. And but there were other things in the tweet. And Judd said, "Good news, and it's not that Blake Parker is back. Like that's oh, how it was. was Rosario coming how, back from oh, you the injured list. You forgot a comma. That's how he worded the tweet. And then when he tweeted out the picture, no, there's a problem." There was a picture of Blake Parker <laughs> yes. in the picture. Nope. There, it just popped up automatically. I, that was the link. I copied it and tweeted it on my own Twitter account, and, and I, sh- I should have retweeted it from the station account. No, I screwed it up. So you were, you were trying to say, hey, here's like two or three things that are going to be uh, that you can read in this article, and it read like good news, and I'm not talking about Blake Parker right. coming back. And his wife just <laughs> tweeted me back rude, and I tweeted her back, listen, I didn't mean it that way. I <laughs> actually sorry, feel no, bad. I actually feel bad. But no, this is. But she blocked you by the time you. This is a number. This would be at least number three on, on my list, though, because I've been blocked by Adrian Peterson, which was very satisfying. I was blocked by Cordero Patterson, which I think I still am to this day. Yeah. Um, and then I was blocked by Carly, but now she's unblocked me, and I don't think I'm blocked again. But maybe I will be blocked again after this. I don't know. Now, uh, I told you. I think we told you this story. I can't remember if we brought this up on the air or not. So, uh, Dick Bramer blocked me a couple years ago. Yeah. I had tweeted. I knew this, I, but the we so well. I'll I'll, I'll bring it full circle here. Uh-huh. So I had tweeted out during this is the Twins wild card season, but they hadn't clinched anything yet. It was like three weeks before the end of the season. They were playing the Yankees, and I thought Bramer was a little too presumptuous in the way that he was talking about the Twins and the Yankees are going to play again here in three weeks. And I had just just like tweeted out innocuously. I'd probably pump the brakes on. This isn't for sure going to happen. He was he was right, by the way. They did play in a wild card game. And uh he, he DM'd me and he lit me up with some choice words in a DM. <laughs> and uh, like during the game, during the game. During a game. Yeah. Oh, that's epic. Whatever, like and I, okay, it was it was a chirp. I chirped him and and and, a, and so I tried to respond and by the time I could respond, he had he had blocked me. Blocked so, him. But we didn't see each other. Like I I I hadn't gone to the twins press box enough at the times where he was Generally out and about, so it had been two years since I had interacted with Bray. It was on opening day, well, a year and a half, I guess. I was with you, so Rami and I are walking around on opening day. I'm showing Rami the ballpark and the press box and stuff, and and we go in to the uh, little media area where you can get beverages and snacks. And it was an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, man. <laughs> of the <laughs> 75 people you could run into up there at that exact moment in time, two people converge at the water cooler. Yep, Phil Mackey and Dick Braver, and. And we both look at each Hi, other. Philip. We both very much know that this aniver- that this interaction took place two years ago. Yep. We both very much know that he has blocked me on Twitter. Yep. And to his credit, he stuck out his hand, looked me in the eye, and said, "Happy opening day." Oh. And we shook hands. I think that was the moment we buried the hatchet. I'm still not unblocked. You're not unblocked. I understand that. Wait, from I thought his you got no. You told me you Fine. got unblocked. I thought so, but I was looking at the account from the Score North account, Judge, which is not blocked. You need, oh. I was wrong. You need to correct this. If 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 fences have been mended or bridges have been mended, you need to. Maybe you just haven't thought about it. Just say to Dick, "Hey, could you unblock my buddy Phil for me?" I'm sorry, I chirped you two years ago. 
Like I, I heard you guys buried the getting hatchet. Blocked I by think it. he did a great job this season with awesome. Justin Morneau he was awesome. and Roy Smalley. Get, great. Getting blocked by a Fox Sports North person, impressive, because I've been unfollowed by a bunch, but never blocked. Okay. So La- they're, just, they're just like, LaPanta, LaPanta a few years back, bang, unfollowed yeah. me. <laughs> Green Lane, bang, unfollowed. Yeah, you know what? I see Anthony, and it's very, very civil. There's never a crossword Is it there. cordial? I, it's probably Civil. a little. I'd say. I'd say cordial. Yeah, cordial might be right. Cordial might. It's not warm, but it, but it, it might be cordial. But he's. But I've been unfollowed by a lot of a lot of them. But I don't. I don't think I've I've been, been blocked. Although you you should tell him the Jack Morris curb your enthusiasm opening day press oh box God. story might be my favorite one. Oh my! God. It was what you and me and Wetmore. I'm trying to think of the exact details there. Jack was in my Jack. It, it's opening day, so press box full, right? Yeah. There's no. There's no. Oh, I'll just put my stuff down here. We get to our press box seats, and Jack was working the game, and I think he was downstairs eating, and he had set up shop in my space. Oh, so boy. the question was, in very, these are all like assigned seats, okay? Yeah, I yeah, know. Yeah. So in very but it's Jack Morris. So in very yeah Hall of Famer. So in very very curb. Theme type of deal. I'm you like, you don't say anything. Should to I? Jack no, no, no. Worse. I'm like, should I just slide his stuff over one? <laughs> and Mackie's like, yeah, yeah, just slide it over. And I'm like, dude, this is the Hall of Famer, Jack Morris, 91, 10 innings. And so I'm like, no, I don't. So man. I'm literally like, I'm cringing right now just hearing this story. And I'm cringing, looking at his iPad and stuff, and slowly you but surely, I just sort of scooted it over. You did it. I did it. Oh my god! It was one of the best. It was one of the great curve scenes. Though, what happened? Nothing. He really didn't notice it had been moved over. Right? No. He didn't say a word. Or maybe he did, and he's waiting for his revenge. <laughs> he's going to move your stuff over at some point. You know what? That poor guy had, had to work like 50 Tigers games this year. That was complete. You know, I feel bad for Jack. I'm sorry. Oh if you were to watch God. 50 or 60 Detroit Tigers games in 2019, Jack, I'm really sorry. Dude, no, I shouldn't have moved your there stuff. There is no way I would have touched Jack Morris's stuff. No way. Not this guy. Not Judd Zolkin. That's what made it a curb. That's what made the oh, curb. It was balls of steel over here. I mean, this wasn't like like Morneau stuff. I would have been like, hey, Justin, I'll just scoot this over. It was Jack Morris. Yeah. yeah. Legend, man. Yeah. And Jack Morris was a legend when I was a kid, dude. And I moved like, all his stuff over one seat. Hey, Jonathan, do we have time for Ethan Casson when we come back? Or should we uh, on air production meeting? Or should we maybe do Ethan Casson after crime session? Uh, it's. We can do it now. Okay. Yeah. Ethan Casson, Timberwolves. Ethan Casson, just waiting for us to tell him when to come on. <laughs> Actually, we caught up earlier. So we'll preview the Wolves season with him. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Hopefully, we haven't been blocked by anyone from the uh, new Wolves front office. But we'll do you see get a happens. notification when you're blocked? No, you just no, find out. You just kind of find out the hard way. Because I have no idea who's got me blocked. I've never, never wondered, never bothered you, trying to. You find You probably out. aren't blocked by many people because I don't feel. Like you go around offending people like I do. No. I got Blair Walsh. Hashtag Blair You got blocked by Blair Walsh? Yeah. What did you do? So it was during the World Cup a couple years ago, and he tweeted out a video of himself <laughs> kicking a soccer ball into a net, saying, or like giving some love to the U.S. men's national team. And I'm like, this ought to go down well with Vikings fans. Next day I'm blocked. Oh, that's so innocuous. Yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. Do you know what soft. that is? A guy who shouldn't be a professional kicker. <laughs> yes. That's well, kicker soft. And here we are. Mm-hmm.
Let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota for a brief moment. 694 in Brooklyn Boulevard. The website is LutherBrookdaleToyota.com where you can find all kinds of great specials. In fact, you can buy any three tires on any Toyota right now and get the fourth one for just a dollar as you prepare for these colder winter months. Uh, let's see. We got the Toyota Tacoma closeout sale going on right now. Your last chance to get into a 2019 Tacoma. Oh, my. There were seven left yesterday. There's only four left today. They're going like hotcakes. They are. There might not be any left by the time tomorrow rolls around. They're open until 9 o'clock tonight. So go ask for a test drive and uh, just check out the great combination of safety features, technology, and all the different bells and whistles in some of these new Toyotas. And just experience the Luther Brookdale Toyota difference, which is the service and the people. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, Luther Brookdale Toyota. Jonathan here with the Score North download. You can listen to Score North with Amazon Alexa. Just say, Alexa, open Score North, and you'll hear the soothing sounds of Purple Daily, Mackie and Jodeth Rami, and much, much more. Again, just say, Alexa, open Score North. Uh, the Vikings injury report came out today. They actually practiced today as opposed to yesterday's what would have been an injury report. Uh, Adam Thielen did not practice. He's the only member of the team that did not practice. Everybody else was listed as full participants in today's practice heading into the Thursday matchup against Washington. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. All right, Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. Phil Mackie here at Wolves Media Day with Ethan Casson, Wolves CEO, and I feel like this is sort of I mean this is sort of the unveil of the first part of however long this process takes to get the Wolves on the track that you guys want them to be on. How are you envisioning your vision? How long is your vision going to take to play out? What are the most important components of your vision as you as you start here today in October? That's a deep, that's a deep question. It's a philosophical it's question. Really, I know it really right, is right out of the gate. Yeah. Um, one, thanks for letting me be a part of this. Um, and to, to answer your question, I, you know, certainly this is going to be a process, um, but it's a, it's going to be a process made up of stages. And and I would say, you know, stage one um, of it all was to to evaluate our front office to evaluate the personnel of our front office and then to make some some difficult decisions to go and make some changes um, to go out and find uh, an executive as talented as visionary as innovative as Gerson Rosas which is ultimately what we ended up doing to go and then execute a, um, a coaching search that led to you know coach Saunders and then the remainder of the summer, really look at every position in the building and, and make determinations. Are these the best people at what they do? And is, is this group of folks give us the best chance to compete, not in the short term per se, yeah. but build something that's sustainable that our fans have been waiting for for a long, long period of time? So I would say kind of phase one of this jumping off point um, has led us to today. And really kind of phase two now is, okay, the season's here. It's media day. As you can see, our guys are in the background. Uh, we're getting excited. You know, the the NBA is just right around the corner. Training camp is is full effect, and we'll go one stage one stage at a time. Uh, what was the, the was there like an aha moment in Gerson's interview process? Was there something where you're bringing in all these smart people? You're bringing in you know, the Chauncey Billups, and you have all these smart people coming yep. in. Was there a, was there a thing, something he said, something he presented where you said, okay? For, you know, I know you had a bunch of people in the yeah, search process, but for you personally, where where you were like, yes, okay, yep. There was there was several of those um, moments in his visit with us. Um, well, first and foremost, what I had learned of him leading up to the interview 
his reputation at the league level, his reputation amongst his peers, um, watching, learning, inquiring a lot about Houston's DNA um, and the type of leader and executive he was. Um, so he, he came to us with, with already an incredible acronym and, and, and resume, but being able to sit down and, and not just talk about the job, but talk about who we want to be and, and how do we get there, that jumped um, out at me right out of the gate. It felt like we were sitting across from somebody who was less interested in interviewing for a president of basketball operations in the NBA and someone who was inter- interviewing to be the president of basketball operations for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah. And immediately it, it became very personal. Um, you know, what also jumped out at me is this is, this is an opportunity that, that, uh, that he's been patient with and waited for um, and, and, and it led to an incredible visit where you start really drilling down on what kind of organization do we want to be off the court who do we want to be on the court how do we integrate our players better in the community uh, how are we going to build and put resources and the, and the tools around these guys to make them not just great in what they do but great in and around nutrition and wellness yeah. and development and data and analytics and so there's a lot of moments in in that one day that we spent together but certainly we 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 recognize we're in front of somebody who you know years from now could very well be an executive of the year type candidate and all those things you just listed off by the way ethan casson with us here mackie and jeb with rami it's a lot more complicated now in professional sports than it was 10. To, I mean, when did you start? When was your first job in pro sports? 20 years ago? Yeah. I, yeah. Cold, I mean, cold call to the Timberwolves 20 years ago. So, yeah, <laughs> the, things have changed. Well, okay. What, what, who did you cold call? What was your cold call? Boy, this, this could take us down a number of different paths. You realize that, right? <laughs> um, I, I made a cold call to the woman in HR. And speaking of twenty years, this you know there wasn't any uh, texting, there you know what I mean. There wasn't any there wasn't any emails really to some degree. I, I would fax my resume resume out to every NBA team, and the only person who picked up my call, I'm an East Coast kid, uh, was a woman by the name of Jean Sullivan, and she picked up my call. And, and this poor woman, I wouldn't let her off the phone until she allowed me the chance to come out and an interview for a job that didn't exist. What did your resume say twenty years ago? My resume said that I had just completed my sixth professional sports internship, all for free. <laughs> and so uh, someone's wh- thinking, okay, what, what's, okay, why is he bouncing around so much? Right, this right, yeah, yeah. Was he willing to work for money? I think it's probably what the resume would have yeah. suggested. There was a lot of internships in there, and why would he want to move to the Midwest? But you know, at that period of time, as as your industry, all of our industries, it's so competitive, right? You you go where an opportunity presents, and to think, you know, on a personal level, twenty years later. You know, I'd be sitting here in front of you as the CEO of the organization that took a cold call from a kid, you know, trying to beg his way into the league um, is certainly a, a very special thing and personal thing to me. Um, but to answer your question, yeah, we're this is a different day and age. And what goes into um, not just the players, but the business um, is much, much different. These are billion dollar valued franchises. And so you look at them much differently. You look at them in more of an enterprise capacity. So one last thing for you here uh, in terms of all the different things that you mentioned. That go- I mean, think about just from a basketball perspective now, let alone a business perspective and a marketing perspective, all things that you're overseeing. But just from a basketball perspective, analytics and nutrition and th- things that existed 10 years ago but exist a lot more now and data, right? How complicated is it to wrap your arms around all these facets and it's not just basketball by the way baseball right uh, football yeah. how complicated is it to wrap your arms around all of these things and get them sort of moving in in one cohesive direction I, I, it's it's complex but it it ultimately comes down to uh, staffing and identifying leaders 
uh, either retaining those leaders if they're already inside your organization and giving them the chance to evolve or going out and, and being in what we were this past summer, which is kind of talent acquisition mode. Who's the best at the things that you're talking about and how do we get them in our organization to allow us a chance to evolve and to innovate and to, again, really build you know, an organization that's sustainable, a program that's sustainable for our fans. I know that this is a market that loves basketball, but this is a market that feels as if we've heard this before. Yeah, for maybe, sure. Maybe not to this level of detail, maybe not this specific, maybe to your point, the business has changed, the game has changed, so there's a lot more that goes into it. But from a fan's perspective, from a season ticket member, from somebody that's just following the Timberwolves, they're ready and they just want to know, is this just what it's been in the past or is this something much different? And, and certainly we believe that this is something much different and we just have to prove that. That's Timberwolves CEO Ethan Casson. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Appreciate it. And the season starts tomorrow for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And you can find Raised by Wolves multiple days a week. Danny Cunningham, Manny Hill, Dane Moore, all a part of that. And Danny Cunningham's wonderful Timberwolves coverage at scorenorth.com. That's S-K-O-R North. Dot com Cram session when we come back where Jonathan awards his points arbitrarily based on who he likes the most, pretty much. I refuse to go to A, skinny jeans, or B, short shorts. Well, you know what? No, no one's asking you. you sure? so, yeah. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Who's the winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's Cram Session with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. That's right. It's Cram Session time. Three questions. We answer them to the best of our abilities. And Jonathan Harrison, our producer, awards us a point arbitrarily based on whatever he decides the criteria is for that given day. Yeah. You know, Star Wars characters, have you gotten me the Force from a Star Wars character? Stuff like that. Oh, I'm still benefiting from that. I don't know, maybe. We'll see. getting a tweet tagged, with you tagged in it, liked by Mark Hamill, a.k.a. Luke Skywalker. Oh, cool. You know who C-3PO is? Oh, I know who C-3PO is. I can't believe Phil just asked a question during the break. Do you know who C-3PO is? I think he bites it, though. What do you... you that trailer I saw last night definitely reeks we'll of we'll, tragedy we'll, for we'll, C3PO. We will dive into that. We'll get, we'll get into all that. R2-D2 is, is going to off him, I think. Are those both robots? <laughs> I think, yes, they are. Those I think are R2-D2 robots? is going to I've off never, his buddy I've never seen a Star Wars. C3PO. All right, let's save this. Okay, we'll get there. I don't understand how you haven't. Tragic. I, it, me neither, Jonathan, but... Phil, I'm okay with it. That can wait. And it doesn't bother me one bit. It bothers me a lot. All right, so based off Boone's comments at the top of the show, and if you missed them, go look it up. Look up Purple Daily anywhere you find your podcasts. Who was the athlete you were most disappointed to meet in real life? Yeah, Alex Boone said Adrian Peterson is the most disappointed he's so, ever been to he meet. He said he's the reason. Hero. He's the reason why you should never meet your heroes. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna cut a corner on this because <laughs> my answer is a is a phone is a phoner. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I know it is. It's Desmond. It's Desmond Howard. <laughs> I remember this. Really, Desmond Howard is the worst. Well, Christian Leitner is the worst. I was going to say shortest interview we've ever like done. Fifteen seconds. But we knew going in a that Christian Leitner is a jackass, and b we were going to ask him a controversial question about the the when he left the Timberwolves and he the the myth or the we want to know is it myth or reality that you went down the line and said loser 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 winner 
And he hung up on us after he pimped his Buffalo Wild Wings bracket. <laughs> we set that up literally though. two and a half minutes in, and he's like, "Oh, that's all. I'm all out of time." That was the least. <laughs> thing, guys. But that's that's the least surprising thing where a guy turns out to be a jackass of all it time because we knew he was a jackass. Yeah. Actually, the Desmond thing was a great story because you're like, "Yeah, I got Desmond Howard for dude, some time." Today. I was so excited. So Desmond Howard, I mean, it was. Yeah. Uh, I was doing a solo hour at the time. It was Mac. It was Roycey and Mackie, and then I was doing the six o'clock hour solo. And so you know, we get interviews on and stuff and have a good time. And Desmond Howard was made available during Heisman Trophy voting season. And as a huge Notre Dame fan, Manti Teo was legitimately up for a Heisman Trophy award yeah, as that. a defensive player. <laughs> Turned out he was just well. seeing ghosts in His the uh, national championship game. <laughs> His girlfriend was tweeting Phil constantly. How dare you say about Manti? <laughs> and so I was all excited as a Notre Dame fan. And by the way, Desmond Howard's PR handler emailed suggested questions and topics that he would feel comfortable getting into. Okay. So, and, and one of them was, hey, wh- how, how much of a chance does Manti Teo have to be the first defensive player since whenever to win a Heisman Trophy? I'm like, all right, he's ready to answer it. I'm ready. To... So we get into it, and I asked, there's like two or three questions. His energy was kind of crappy, and but whatever, like you'll, you'll make it work. And so I asked him the Desmond or the uh, Manti Teo question. Hey, Manti Teo, you know, what are the chances he could be the first defensive player to win the Heisman Trophy since blank. And Desmond goes, something like, are you serious? And I was like, yeah, you know, he's having a great season, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, zero chance. <laughs> Silence. And I was like, zero chance? He goes, what position does he play? And I was like, linebacker? He goes, zero chance. <laughs> Not in like an entertaining, fun way, but in a wow. you're an idiot way. And all I wanted to say was, dude, your PR person asked me to ask this question to you, and you're crapping on the question. Do you suppose oh, that he that was sucks. just having a really bad day? I don't know. I have no idea. Because, you know, I see him now on game day, and he's so jovial. Don't be fooled, man. He's so, ah, this is crazy. He's Orlando Hudson. Camera goes on. Hey, everybody. Uh, Orlando Hudson. That's not entirely so, so I don't. I don't remember exactly how the interview ended, but I just remember I got so sick of his crappy energy and his just like dismissal of all questions. And I just, after like seven minutes, I finally was just like, this is ridiculous. I said, well, thanks for joining. Really appreciate it. Oh, that's you still awesome. played it though, right? Yeah, we played it, but kind of. I thought you debated not playing it and then actually played it. Played it, but just kind of, kind of crap. The Leitner thing though, that was the greatest. I remember listening to that live and I loved every second of it. It was amazing. <laughs> oh, it was so great. And then when he hung up, Judd and I both looked at each other and just like let there be silence for five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> the other one, and, and, this, and this was not malicious, Dick Vitale came on Roycey and Mackey, I don't know, seven or eight years ago. And he was he was promoting something to, you know, that, that's always the, the, that's kind of the trade off. And he was traveling around in a cab. You could tell he was in a cab or something. And so he gets like six minutes into this interview, and I think the last question, it wasn't our plan for that to be the last question, but our last question was about Tubby Smith as the gopher coach. And, well, let me tell you what, uh, you know, Tubby Smith, I've known him for a long time. He's a great coach. And listen, guys, i got to take a T.O. and get out of here, but go to my website, Dickie V. <laughs> <laughs> like he takes his last answer. <laughs> Listen, guys, i got to take a T.O., but... He throws one of his catchphrases in. That's amazing. Anyway, Desmond Howard is my answer. Oh, that's got to take a T.O. Mine is is a guy I covered for quite some time, and it's always frustrating because if an athlete is really good at putting on the the public persona, but Mm -hmm. behind the scenes is a different story. So 
This is not going to surprise you, but it's a very simple one for me, Chris Carter. Because Chris Carter yeah. worked so hard when the camera was on and, you know, Mr. Media went in and obviously did plenty of uh, of stuff on ESPN and Fox after his <laughs> career. But, man, cameras were off. He could be a cantankerous SOB. Randy Moss was a jerk, mm-hmm. but he made no bones about it. He basically, if you approached him, said, I'm a jerk, and you're like, thank you. I I now know the rules, and this is going to be very simple. <laughs> Chris Carter was the type of guy who, you know, if the uh, TV cameras came around, hey, I just got a great Sunday. We're going to go out there and play well. Cameras go off. Hey, Chris, got a second? Not really now, partner. I don't. Bang, walks away. <laughs> just come on. <laughs> and then the people the are, partner? and then the fans are all like, oh, Chris Carter. I mean, Chris Carter's a great player, and he's a great guy. And you're like, okay, we need to revisit this. Chris Carter. Mine is not because I've actually had pretty good experiences in meeting pro athletes. I told you guys my Walter Payton story, which is why you should meet your heroes, uh, contrary to what Alex says. Somebody Max, somebody Max, you should meet, you should not. Um, So this was not this guy's fault, per se. He wasn't a jerk. He didn't do this on purpose. But I was like 10, 11 years old, and I went to Bears training camp. And, you know, they have the autograph line at training camp. When they're uh, coming off the practice field, and I was right up front, and Mike Singletary comes running by, and I loved Mike Singletary, dude. Like he was number three on my list of bears. It was like Walter Payton, Jim McMahon, Mike Singletary. That was my dude, and I was wearing a Mike Singletary jersey, right? And I have my sharpie in my hand and my program in my other hand, but I wanted him to sign the jersey. I hand him my sharpie. For some reason, he takes the program too. I turn around. Oh, no. I turn around. I'm waiting for like the feeling of the sharpie on the back of my jersey, no. and nothing's happening. No. I turn back around, and he signed the program on some other dude's picture. It wasn't even Mike Singletary's picture. He just signed whatever page it was open to, handed me back my program, and continued on down the autograph line. This actually sounds a lot like his short Vikings coaching career. <laughs> yes. Yeah, which did not go well. Mike why are you hanging out with the tight ends right now, buddy? I was heartbroken, dude. I thought my Mike Singletary jersey was about to be signed by Mike Singletary. So close. So close. Can't sign it without him. Can't sign it with him. But no. Didn't happen. It's amazing. I'm going to have to agree with Judd here. Chris Carter just he, he put on this persona, and then outside of the media, he's just not the most pleasant human being. And you got the God, the God fearing stuff, too, which yeah. is like, okay, let's tone that down. <laughs> got to have a fall guy. Don't, yeah, exactly. <laughs> got to have a fall guy. All right, so pie chart, of, pie chart of credit here. Who deserves uh, the credit? It's a pie chart of praise, John. Praise, praise, credit, Alliteration whatever. is welcome on the show. Yeah, well, maybe. I'll learn that eventually. C-3PO, 90%. <laughs> R2D, 10%. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> Who deserves the credit or praise for the Vikings offensive turnaround the past three weeks? You want me to go? Yes, please. 35% Kubiak and Stefanski. I'm going to group them together since it's one of their, since it's Kubiak's offense and Stefanski is calling plays. Uh, 25% Kirk Cousins. Last three weeks, he's been fantastic. He, he's been great. 10% offensive line. Last three weeks, they can block. Now, mm-hmm. I think Cousins is delivering the ball faster as well, but they get credit. 5% goes to the head coach. And so right now you're saying, Judd, there's 25% missing. I'm going to tell you where that goes to. It goes to the guy who, after week four, said, what are you people doing? You are idiots. Throw the bleeping football. And by the way, I can catch it. 25% goes to my guy, Stefan Diggs. $200,000 to send a message that they finally got. All right, I'm going to go, you know, the offensive line, 
I think deserves some credit. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go pretty evenly distributed here. I'm going to go 25% offensive line, 25% coaches, and just making some schematic adjustments. More play action. The Vikings are running like 20% more play action than they were before. Uh, 25% Kirk Cousins, but most importantly, 25% to whoever made the schedule at the beginning of the year and put these three easy games back to back to back. Mine is similar to what these dudes are saying. Uh, 25% coaching. I'll combine Kubiak, Stefanski, and Zimmer all in one and just say coaching. Uh, 25%, not just offensive line, but supporting cast and the players around Kirk Cousins. 25% for Kirk Cousins himself, but you guys left out one very important component. The other 25% goes to us, the media. Because if Adam Thielen is going to heap blame on the media, well, if we can impact you that much, well, then we also must get credit when things are going good. You can't just point fingers and blame us when things are going bad, Adam Thielen. you got to give us our share of the credit when things are going good. So 25% of the pie goes to us, the media for helping the Minnesota Vikings identify their errors and mistakes and correct them and get this thing on track. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, you convinced me, Rami. Thank I'll you. Take some credit. Appreciate it. Media. Yes. Let's do it. Pat myself on the back. <laughs> 2% to C-3PO. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Non-sports question here. It's been a while since we've done non-sports. Okay, Jonathan. <laughs> what? Thank you very much. A little more C-3PO for you. I'm buttering you up before we do this question. I don't understand what that was, but okay. Supposed to be my C-3PO. Mm, you were. I saw it in 1977. Cut me some slack. You haven't seen it since? No. Best robot. C-3PO or the Jebbot 3000? Ooh, that's a close one. Pretty close. I think that might have to be a Found Twitter baseball bowl. and girls. I did not need Star Wars after that. <laughs> <laughs> you gain the ability to make the universe forget one thing. Language, money, whatever. How much chaos can you cause by making the universe forget that one thing? I'm not sure I totally understand this question. I've read it eight times and I don't completely. Explain it more. Okay, you're going to make the universe forget one thing. What is that one thing that you're going to make them forget that's going to cause the most chaos? So the goal is to create chaos. Mm -hmm. Is this like that, uh, I haven't seen it yet, but that (laughs) movie movie where everyone forgets that the Beatles existed and that guy takes advantage? That was going to be my answer. (laughs) The the Beatles? The Beatles? The plot of that movie was going to be my answer. Like, I would just steal all the Beatles' music and make a ton of money. That's then exactly, you sing? That's, that's where I was going That's exactly what I would do, yeah. I'm that's with Rami. Yeah. Listen, you know, in fact, I'm, Rami and I have just co-opted the answer. You know what? We're going to just steal the plot from that movie I mean, if and make gonna, billions if, of dollars. If that was going to be Phil's answer, too, I will uh, alter mine slightly and just say the whole Marvel Universe. I'm just going to steal all of Stan Lee's work. And <laughs> just all of it. Start with comic books, make as much money as I can there, move into movies, make as much money as I can there, put myself in the movies. I think that's <laughs> probably the way to go. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, like, pull the move that Biff pulled in Back to the Future <laughs> oh, 2. love it. But not only would you need people to, you need to go back in time to make that work, right? You need to know the outcomes. That's more like future prediction. So I'm going to stick with the Beatles thing. Actually, I'm, I'll take the Avengers. You know what? Just Marvel. I'm going to cause chaos in one town right here. I'm going to take away the 87 and 91 World Series oh, titles of wow. your twins wow. and, make, and make us without 
a, a title wow. in the four men's sports that we follow. So we not only feel like losers, so we much. feel like massive losers. Well, including myself, too. I grew up here. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to cause local chaos. We have no men's professional titles in the four major sports of the teams here. Wow. You know, so we already Jeez. we already kind of act like that sometimes. Yeah, like, so I'm going the next along. step. You might as well just yep. take them both away. Yep. I'm That's going to next step. I'm going to next step, and I'm causing local sports chaos. I'm gonna have to give the point here to Judd. I'm surprised I'm doing this because I was gonna, I was gonna take the same path as Rami here. Just take all the standards work and make local- billions, but you just caused local sports chaos and plenty of fodder going forward. That's amazing. Fourteen. Well done, Judd. Not retired. Hmm. Ten. Not retired. Then Tom Kelly. Huh? How about that? You got about two numbers retired. Twenty-eight. Not retired. Are the wow. Twins still here after 2000? If they hadn't won a World Series. Probably not. There's probably not even like they 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 at least had some semblance of a fan base left from 1991. (laughs) You know what? That's a good. You know, thanks, Judd. You just got rid of our baseball team. (laughs) They left after they moved to the Triad. We got to go down to the Triad. Don Beaver in the Triad owns them now. That's exactly right. Oh Oh, man, Mackie and Judd with Rami and Score North. By the way. You can find two daily Viking shows on our platform, Live Vikings Ventline, five days a week, Monday through Friday at 11 o'clock and 10 o'clock the day after Vikings games. And also right after Vikings games are over, you can find Vikings Ventline and also Purple Daily, which today, if you missed it, Alex Boone cut open a vein on Adrian Peterson. And it's worth going back to uh, to listen through today's episode of Purple Daily. Anywhere you find podcasts, Score North mobile app is a great place to start. And uh, we'll admit embarrassing movies that we've never seen before, because I think you guys have been alluding to mine in the last 20 minutes. You're getting hammered. The Star Wars trailer coming out last night. We'll wrap with Ricey. It doesn't compute with me, man. It just doesn't compute. Beeper, beeper. Yeah, I was gonna say, it does not I compute. Hate you. What it was that does sound? not I compute. Hate you so much. <laughs> Back in double around me. Score North, score North app. All right, welcome back to the show. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on Score North on the Score North app. And, uh, yeah, you guys are making fun of me because I've never seen the Star Wars movie. Last night, a new trailer came out. I don't know it's like how it's like the 14th Star Wars movie. Rami's not. Why are you proud of this fact? I'm making not proud. Fun of I'm you. Just, you just said it like you were proud I don't of it. sense that you. I'm not you, proud of it. Okay. I think you're flabbergasted I and am. slightly annoyed. You want to borrow the, <gasps> the Blu-rays? I have them all. If you want to borrow them, you can You totally watch should. Them. You really should. I, I, this, is, this is where my... My movie and TV anxiety reaches a high level when there's already been like six seasons of a show. When there's catching or, up to do. Yeah, I just don't. On the like, one, there's that, how many Star Wars movies have there been now? Nine. This will be the 12? ninth one. This will be the ninth one. Yeah, yeah that's just that's like, in the main series. Yeah, so they're, that's fine. like like there are so offshoots and spinoffs, but there are nine in the main. But it's in, fine. It's not a whole lot of time you have to invest. Yeah, I just but that's like what gives me anxiety. Season. Just I, view it as watching a whole new season of a show. I get that anxiety, but at, but at the same time, like there's it's it's enjoyable to just consume it all like back. I know you won't have time to do it all in one day, but just in a short amount of time, like with Breaking Bad, I didn't get into Breaking Bad until the last season same. was about to air. So I watched the first four seasons over the course of a summer leading up to the fall release of Breaking Bad. And it was it was awesome. Like it, it was great. I was just engrossed in the Breaking Bad world because you can you can consume it all at once, basically. And it's I love it. But that sounds like a really good show that I, I would enjoy. What do you say like about Star, Star Wars, Judd? I don't Are we going to have to fight? Easy. I don't like sci-fi. I just don't. It bores me. I'm not a big sci-fi guy either. But Star Wars isn't just sci-fi. Well, sci-fi. Star Wars is part sci-fi, part Western, 
part samurai movie. Yeah, you know and what? All awesome. You know what? Give me Roadhouse and Point Break. Those can't be the. I saw you tweet that last night. Those can't be the only two movies you watch. I just feel like I feel like if I'm going to go towards um, a, a series or a bunch of films that I have to catch up on, then I want to go towards something that I know I like, not something that I'm forcing myself to like because society says everybody watches. I don't Star know Wars. how one doesn't come across Star Wars by accident. Like you're it's just on TBS. All, the, all time. the time. I don't know how you're not just flipping channels. And you're like, because if oh, they're not really funny, I'm not Star watching TV. Let me, let me see what all the what all the hubbub is about. <laughs> like, like I don't know how it doesn't happen just by accident. Yeah, it's okay, crazy but, but you're acting me. like like people just like flip around and stumble on channels now. I think people seek out what they want, and I just haven't. I haven't gotten around to seeking out Star That's Wars ridiculous. yet. And by the way, when I put this out on, and I'm not trying to gloat, Judd last night was gloating about not seeing a Bond movie ever, which I think I just said, I joking. You said you're proud of it. I was joking. And I got like three spots. Why are you proud of that? I said, I'm joking, okay? So I was joking. I threw this out last night when the Star Wars trailer came out and people were tweeting about it. And I just it's said, so, I've never so seen a Star Wars movie. <laughs> What is the most embarrassing? What is the, what, like, what are, what's the most embarrassed you are to say that you've never seen a movie? And I, I, this thing has been, I keep getting responses now almost 24 hours later. Probably like 500 responses on this thing. Can you read some of them? I want to know what people are watching. There's a ton of people that have said Rocky, Bond movies. There's a bunch of people that said Titanic. Never seen it? Crazy ending, by the way. Never seen Titanic. (laughs) Never, never will. Hell of a twist. Can you believe the ship sinks? No way. I'll let you spoil it. The only reason I saw Titanic, I was dating a girl at the time who wanted me to go see Titanic, and me me and my friend were dating these two girls. They both wanted to go, and we were like, we'll go if we can drink. So we (laughs) poured out like like half a 20-ounce Coke bottle and filled it the rest of the way up with whiskey. And by the end, we were laughing as the ship ship was sinking. We were (laughs) laughing hysterically (laughs) in an otherwise quiet theater as people were were sliding down the deck. Uh, Needless to say, our our significant others were not pleased with the experience of going to see Titanic (laughs) with me and my drunk friend. That's amazing. It really is a funny really? visual when it goes when the ship goes straight up and people are just sliding down the deck. It and really is funny, bouncing off of things. It's, it's hilarious. They're it's not a, real people. It's, so, it's CGI. So the the other responses <laughs> CGI. So it's funny. Death is funny in CGI. I'm going to go through this. These are just people people saying I'm embarrassed to say that I haven't seen blank. Okay. All right, and you guys react to these. Sound of music. So so here's your I want your reaction to I be just hate musicals. How so. offensive see, Star Wars how much should these people be ripped for not having seen these movies? So I, I fully admit I deserve to be shredded for not ever having seen a Star Wars movie. I, I will raise my hand and I'm not proud of it. Don't be hard on yourself. At some point I'm sure I'll watch Star Wars. I forgive but you. Here we are. I think I saw Sound of Music when I was a kid, but I don't care if you haven't, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Musicals are I know just the song. Terrible. I know the song, but I've never seen the uh, play or movie. Never seen it. Yeah. I've seen it a couple times. It was on a few months ago, watched it, it was on like ABC or something. It's yeah. it's it's you know great. It's a classic, but I'm not gonna shred someone for not having seen By it. By the way, like really uh, peppy and cheery movie for like, Super Dark. <laughs> super dark, yeah, yeah. They're running from Nazis, dude. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Time period, though. They tried to pep it up. Uh, cool, cool Hand Luke says the Indiana Jones series. I got to flag you on that, man. Never seen it. You've never seen any I've of the Indiana Jones series? No, never seen one of them. Have you seen anything but Point Break and Roadhouse? <laughs> oh, yeah. Towering Inferno. Love it. Great movie. 
Two parts. The t- I feel like the, tower- the Towering Inferno is a perfect Judd movie. <laughs> Intermission? Just watching a building burn the for bre- two hours. The Breaches Boy is collapses? Is a name for a Judd movie? The, to- the, the Towering Inferno. Inferno. Newman. Um, uh, McQueen. Oh, great movie. It had an intermission, you guys. What do you mean it had an intermission? I mean, people had time. They would. They went to a break. They would said, stop the movie? They stopped the movie halfway. Nice. It was so long. It was so long that you could get up and go to a bathroom break it was the 70s and then you'd come back in and watch it like, oh. i like that they should do that in movies nowadays should have done that in endgame they could i did not want to have to leave that theater that, that's what the website run to p.com is for oh it's a great app <laughs> it tells you the six or seven places in a movie that yep. you've got like three minutes really? and and it then, also tells you if there's an after credit scene yeah it's a great it's a really great yeah it's a great run, app. run to p now that is a service so to speak that's solid by the way, uh, 651-646-8255 if you want to chime in on this. Keep going. That's good. Okay. I, I Seriously, the Indiana Jones series, I mean, at least see the first two, for God's sakes. Um, Bennett, a former intern Bennett, says Dumb and Dumber. Again, it depends on how old you are, but if you're 30 years old to 50 years old and you haven't seen Dumb and Dumber, I'm flagging that. I'm flagging that. That's another one that I would assume just by accident you would have come across that one. I think I've seen most of it on cable. A bunch of people saying Avatar. I am actually, uh, Declan just tweeted that, and I'm in the process of telling him I also have not seen any of the Avatar. Well, there was only one Avatar, right? I think so. And now they're coming out with, I think, at least two or three more. They were all shot at once, and they're coming out. Have you ever seen Dances with Wolves or Pocahontas? <laughs> Same story, right? You're good. Same you, exact yeah, story. Yeah. It's just... Oh, but with blue people. Correct. Right. No for me on both those. Nothing so you against, never, you've never seen any three of blue those. people. No. I don't want to put the wrong message out there. Yeah, come on. Laugh the blue people. So. No, I've not seen any three of those. Wow, Matt tweets in Caddyshack, Jurassic Park, The Godfather, okay. and Terminator. He's not American. Well, wait. wait. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know you, Matt. Caddyshack, but you're I've not seen. American, dude. Caddyshack, I've seen. What was the second one? Uh, the caddy, he says Caddyshack, Jurassic Park. Never seen it. The Godfather. Yeah, I've seen it. And Terminator. Oh, yeah, Terminator. I loved her. What about, again, this is, how much should you be ripped for not having seen these? I'm just going through these responses on my Twitter. Pulp Fiction. Should should people be ripped? Rogers, Minneapolis. You have to see Pulp Fiction. John, have you seen Die Hard? Scott is asking me to ask you if you've ever seen Die Hard. Yes. In fact, I watched it at, uh, I hate to say this because I don't think it's a Christmas film. I saw it at Christmas last year when it was on. Oh, it definitely is a Christmas movie. No, no, it's not. No, it absolutely is a Christmas movie. It just happens around Christmas. No, it's all about Christmas. It was released in July, too, by the way. Highland MN says Toy Story. Dude, I gotta flag that too. Mm. Toy Story, yeah, man, get get rid of those tears. Toy Story three and four are two of the most tearjerker movies. I've, I've not ever seen, seen a new one. Is that four? Or is that I five? I didn't see four. You guys made me watch three and thought I was gonna cry, and I did not. Did four just come out? Four came out a few months ago. I didn't see it yet. What about this one? This no. is from David Paulson, and I'm again, I'm not gonna flag this, but excellent movies. Pitch Perfect. No, never seen it. No. Never seen it. No, you guys. People love it, but it's I'm pretty awesome. awesome. I'm going to pass. It's pretty funny. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you very much. You can no. keep them. Okay. Here, I went through the IMDb top grossing movies of all time list, and uh, I've never seen any of the Fast and Furious movies after the first one. Same. Well, you're just. I've never guys. seen any of them. Period. Wow. And I'm good with that. I think I've seen the first one, but I'm not positive on that. Never seen a Lord of the Rings movie, and never seen a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Me too. Yep. I love Lord of the Rings, and I'm usually not into like medieval sword fighting and wizardry and magic. But... Sounds like you very much are, actually. Like... <laughs> yeah, it really does. <laughs> I'm Your really movie not. history says otherwise. I'm really Robbie. not. I am all for... Passed on Game of Thrones. I'm all for th- those films. Am I the only one here who hasn't seen the Harry Potter movies? I've seen part of one, fell asleep, and I've, that was it. I've never Give a seen damn a, about Harry Potter. I've never seen a second one. Wow, listen to us right now. Nor will I. I don't have any reason to. 
Let me throw a couple more out here. How rippable are these people in my timeline? Uh, Mark says Top Gun. He's never seen Top Gun. I'd rip you for that. Yeah, you should probably see that. If you're a red-blooded American man, you should probably see Top Gun. But and again, watch other red-blooded American men play shirtless volleyball on the beach. And Val, Val looked good back then. That's when, when Val Kilmer had the fastball before he got You guys bigger. excited for Top Gun 2? No. <laughs> That's quick. I won't be seeing that. I will. I'll watch it. The trailer doesn't tell me anything of what's going on in the movie. Um, exa- Exactly what happened in Top Gun is what's happening in Top Gun 2. Just everybody's older and there's a new girl. <laughs> Kelly McGill's not coming back? No. What no. happened? Uh... Don't forget. <laughs> Moving on. Okay, one more, and then we'll wrap up the rest of you. Tony tweets in, the, he's never seen The Exorcist. Yeah, Is anyone right. here? So you, anyone? Well, I'm I a have. huge horror movie guy. I'm out on those movies, so. Oh, yeah. yeah have you seen I've, The Exorcist? I've seen it on cable or satellite. I did not. I, I'm too, I think I'm too young to have seen it in the theater. It's but like 73. Seen it. It's a little early. Yeah. You would have been young Judd there. But I definitely saw it on cable. It's pretty solid. Yeah, it's uh, if you Linda don't want, Blair, if right? you don't want to sleep for like two weeks with the lights ah, off. The Exorcist, yeah, yeah, it's creepy. You know what else was creepy was the Omen. Oh, with with Damien, Damien, nope. yeah, okay. not the remake with Julia Stiles. No. The original. There's a certain '70s creepy vibe there that uh, just can't be duplicated. So, hey, if you're embarrassed about not having seen a movie, if you want to make me feel better about not having seen Star Wars, just tweet Dude, us. watch them at Phil Mackey at Jay Zolgat at Rami is tweeting. Borrow the Blu-rays from Jonathan and go watch them, or just get Disney Plus. They'll all be up there. Yeah, Disney Plus, man. I cannot wait. I know. All about that. Oh, you and Declan and everybody else. <laughs> Calm down. Actually, Jonathan, did you uh, did you subscribe already? Not yet. And can I, have, I get that login? I already have ESPN Plus, so I had to figure out how to merge that with the Disney Plus. And, you know, all these are available, and I'm sure all these movies that we've never seen are all available as well on your TCL TV with that built-in Roku device. Bam, just like that. Push yeah. of a button. ESPN Plus, if you want to watch Peyton's Place, I just realized... I'm an idiot. I've been like mooching off of other people's ESPN Plus logins. Yeah. Well, ESPN Plus is just what ESPN Insider used to be, which I've had for 20 years. <laughs> and you never, you never, you just st- realizing this. You've been, pay- <laughs> you've been paying for that subscription, not realizing that you were paying yes. for an ESPN Plus subscription. Correct. Yeah. Right. That's right. Cool. You're our boss. But, huh? the, but the magazine's great. <laughs> And now I can get it with the built-in Roku device with the, T- with the TCL TV. We have TCL TVs all throughout the studios here. TCL is America's fastest-growing TV brand and one of the top TV companies in the world. You can find TCL TVs at any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities or find out more at TCLUSA.com. We wrap with Roycey. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Jonathan here with the Scorenote download brought to you by the 2020 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. We'll use this download to remind you or let you know about the Scorenote podcast network. It consists of more than a dozen shows from the Scorenote Twin Show and Raised by Wolves to the Scoop with Doogie and Royce Unchained. You can find a full list of these Minnesota sports podcasts at scorenorth.com and the free Scorenote mobile app or just search Scorenote, S-K-O-R North, anywhere you find your podcast. That's been your Scorenote download. Now back to the final segment of today of Mackie and Judd with Rami. Thank you, Jonathan Harrison, TCL Broadcast Studios. Time to wrap with Royce. So, Patrick, you know, game one of the World Series, we're supposed to be talking about baseball, right? We're supposed to be talking yes. about the pitching matchup, and the Houston Astros have managed to turn this uh, the past, <laughs> what, 24 hours or so into a PR nightmare completely. Oh, what a jackass that guy has to be. If you look at him, he looks a little smug, doesn't he? Tobman or whatever his name is. Assistant and, uh, GM, yeah. Why you would feel uh, obliged to uh, start screaming at uh, 
at uh, three female writers, and then uh, of course, and then obviously he then told a great lie to the Houston Communications Department as to what had occurred, and without checking on it, they send out the uh, the uh, response that uh, says he was just defending Asuno, who was of course nowhere around when when this whole thing took place, and then they. And then the Houston Chronicle reporters, who apparently had overhear it and uh, and uh, have over saw the whole thing, uh, you know, reveal them to be liars. So yeah, not uh, not real good. And then he issues the the anyone who is offended. That's my favorite apology. Oh. Yeah, if, who, if you're offended, okay. I guess I'm sorry. Okay, I want to. I, I got to ask you a question. There's three women not involved in any way, sports writers. Not, there's no story going on. There's been no criticism of Osuno from these three. And he starts, you know, basically bullying them. Who Who is not going to be offended, okay? We, do, we don't have to say anyone I offended, but who, who's who's failing to be offended? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, it's, uh, by the way, I feel like... That's like uh, Heinrich Himmler. I, I apologize to everyone I offended. Anyone yeah. I might have offended, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah. I mean, like, what? I feel like PR staffs struggle in 2019 in a lot of ways. Not all of them, obviously, but the Houston Astros, it's not, it's not as hard of a job as you're making it in Houston Astros. No. No, and they come from, I think that organization does come from a place of, uh, of smugness. And I mean, the fact that they went completely psychotic, uh, when the guy from the Cardinals, uh, looked at their, uh, you know, some information that they had and, uh, ended up taking him to court in Texas where some redneck juror, I think the guy did jail time, right? Yeah. Yeah, he did. The guy from the Cardinals. I mean, that was a, you know, it was a complete overreaction uh, to uh, any information that he had uh, come up with, and uh, you know, ended up. I think they're extremely smug, and of course, with the team they put together, uh, I guess they're. I guess it. I guess they've deserved it to some degree, but uh, you can't. You can't be completely pompous, uh, and like they, uh, they certainly came off this time. Do you think the Nationals have a chance to upset the Astros? Yes, I do. I do not think it's a complete mismatch. Now, unfortunately, Garrett Cole stands in the way, and I uh, he has not lost in his last 25 starts, right? Is that right? Something uh, like that. 19 and 0. And in, in his last 16, it's like 14 and 0 with a 128 ERA. So, I don't know. Uh, the the, the the only you're not gonna if you're not gonna beat him, then you got to beat Verlander twice. So uh, that that becomes an issue. But I really, I really like their pitching and the way Houston swung the bats in the uh, ALCS uh, against uh, much inferior pitching to uh, what the Nationals are going to bring out. I, I don't think they should be intimidated by that lineup. They did not. What they bat? Oh, they were. I know going into the the uh, last game, they were hitting one seventy five or something like that, and hitting nothing with runners in scoring position. So, uh, you know, I, I I like that lineup, but I don't think that I don't think it's a hell of a lot better than uh, what the Nationals are throwing out there. So, I think they got a shot. I, I like their. You know, I like Corbin versus Grinky. If they can be one one when they're playing that game, I like their chances. 
The bullpen seems to be an issue for Washington, though. That seems to be where, where there's a big it's difference. Been better. Hudson's been good, and uh, and Doolittle's back, and he's going good. They aren't quite as deep, that's for sure. They, I mean, but earlier this year, the reason they were 19 and 31 is the bullpen was a disaster, and they, uh, much like the Twins, they fixed it to some degree. They probably didn't fix it as much as the Twins did, but they, they did, they did fix it. But the other thing is, Rami. They don't need, uh, you know, uh, 14 outs from the bullpen right. like the rest of these right. teams need. These two teams, these two teams each need five, you know, outs from the bullpen instead of like everybody else, you know, Jake Odorizzi, the Twins ace, uh, Jake Odorizzi, uh, when he leaves the game, you still need 11 outs. And, uh, that's not the case with these guys. So, yeah. Uh, where does this rank in, in, in terms of, Greatest collection of starting pitchers in a series that you can remember—a World Series. Oh yeah, I, I should have thought of that. I was I was trying to think of it, but I never really looked through the record. But it's close. It is close. It's been a long time since uh, since we had this. Uh, that's for sure. I'm, <clears throat> so you got Maddox, you got Smoltz, yep. and you got Glavin. Uh, when they're taking on the Yankees, who are the Yankees throwing then? I'd have to go back and look. Uh, 90, uh, 96 when they, uh, when the Yankees. Well, upset Dave, them. David Cohn, right? Was Musina yeah, there by Cohen. then or was he still in Baltimore? He was still in Baltimore. Okay. Pettit, was Pettit around yet? Was he yep. around yet? Yeah, Pettit for sure. Dwight, yeah. Gooden, Dwight Gooden, or was he gone by then? He might have been gone. I don't know. Here, I got it right here. 1996 Yankees. Andy Pettit, Kenny Rogers, Dwight Gooden, <laughs> David Cohn. And Jimmy Key. Okay. Wow. That wasn't. Now they weren't knocked a bat out of your hands. Of at least Key and a couple of those guys, but that was pretty good. And and of course, uh, you know the thing about Atlanta then is uh, they always had the fourth guy too. They had the, they had the three studs, and then they had Avery for a while. Yep. And uh, what was the right hander that they got Burkett for a while? And uh, they always had the four starter too. That was that was pretty good. I uh, I would have to look back and see if there's been something since then, but. Uh, uh, yeah, that Arizona Yankee series was had pretty good pitching too. Johnson and and Schilling going against the Yankees. So yeah, the nineteen ninety nine Yankees had Roger Clemens, Andy Pettit, David Cohn, El Duque, and Ooh. Hideki Arabu was their number five starter. Wow! And uh, uh, you know El Duque was always fantastic in the postseason too. So I mean Pedro Schilling back to back, or Schilling Randy Johnson back to back, and then whoever the third starter was in some of those. Those are some pretty good. I don't know if I've said this here, but I was looking at. I saw Pedro. I love Pedro on TV, right? So I was looking at and and I saw some stat on Pedro the year that he had a 193 ERA when the league ERA was it was three full runs under the league ERA or something. Mm-hmm. I started looking him up. Man alive! There's about a seven year period that there's been nobody better. It's unbelievable. And steroids too. Like he he pitched in yeah. the heart of that steroid era and was fantastic. Oh yeah, unbelievable! God, he was good. So, uh, and he's good on TV. I think he's he's a character. You know, he's yeah. uh, he's got strong opinions, but they're insightful. They're not just uh, nonsense. Uh, you know who's not good on TV? Poppy is not good on TV. Oh, yeah. They had, okay, they just, just a Poppy, though. They ran a great, in theory, this would have been great. Uh, a couple nights ago, they ran Alex Rodriguez and David Ortiz walking through the old Yankee Stadium lot, reminiscing about the 2004 ALCS. 
And, you know, yeah. A-Rod puts on a show and stuff. Oh, and yeah. He's my no, good, my he's good never, buddy. He's never said anything sincere in his entire right. life. But, yeah, but like, okay, Thank those you, guys, they're doing a bit. It's a 15-year look back at one of the great, memorable series of all time. And A-Rod's being self-deprecating. And Poppy, like, wouldn't. It was weird. Poppy just, like, wouldn't play along, even Dude. though it was a... Does he not like him that much? Yeah, you know, so. he's had a health problem in recent months. Maybe it's, uh, maybe he's, uh, maybe he's a little off. No, right excuse me. That's an understatement, right? <laughs> a health problem. Bullets in the back of one of the health problems. Problem. He was almost dead. <laughs> but, it, but it wasn't him. They weren't, they weren't looking for, they mistook him for that five foot seven guy standing sitting next to him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was a mistake. We yeah. didn't mean to shoot Big Poppy. We were... He got a shirt. He got, you know, the shirt. Shirts were mixed up. It's just an honest, honest accident <laughs> by a hitman. These things happen, man. These things happen. Yeah, are we about? We're about approaching the anniversary when uh, Miguel ran the other guy over, and it was just. Uh, it turned out to be just a, a prank between high school buddies, right? They were wasn't it? Best friends. Wasn't, a day later, Pat. Right about now, wasn't it? Yes, it was really early in the off season. Yes, it was. Miguel and the guy were best friends by the next day, and I'd love to see yeah, the check. The I'd love to see the check to change hands. With handcuffs one night, and the next day they ah, they were buddies. Yeah. That's just a police officer. I know all the police. I run them over all the time. Who among us hasn't run over a buddy in a good natured prank? Come on, guys. Right. And, and a cop a, too. And a cop coming out of bar at two thirty in the morning. So just I think it around. did Poppy some good though. He was not nearly as big a rounder. I don't think. <laughs> Are you, wait, wait, are you suggesting that the get shot theory no, is No, no, not Poppy. I mean, Miguel. No, I don't oh. think getting shot. Oh, oh it okay. Takes, okay. But, Poppy, but Poppy does look. He's about 25 lighter, so uh, he's got that going. I could lose 30. Who's got... Oh, okay. <laughs> Patrick Ricey here with a new weight loss plan for you. This is the Ricey plan. It's a 45. Try to miss the vital organs, would you please? <laughs> Mistaken identity. I lost 35 pounds. <laughs> so I was at uh, the Wolf's going away party today. They had a little practice this morning. <laughs> and Gerson is issuing the warning. Uh, Gerson apparently has seen enough in the exhibitions to uh, not express much. Uh, it's going to be a process. It's going to be yeah. a process. It's not about wins. Uh, so, uh, you know, get that ready anyway. Good. Well, is that I, feel they, sorry it, for, uh, it, I feel sorry for Ryan trying to slap this thing together on the run. He's got none of his own assistant coaches and uh, you know, it's uh, they right now. These guys don't know what the hell they're trying to do. I don't think the players. So shoot threes and run fast. It's all about That's the long rebound, it. as Royce said two weeks ago. Well, I think my favorite, quote, my favorite quote again was the one I ran across. <laughs> Teague is a beauty, isn't he? What was it about a week ago? Teague said, "Yeah, we're going to have a lot of turnovers." <laughs> <laughs> I love the acceptance. That's great. Yeah, happens. He's uh, yeah. It's I, I don't know. It's a man. It's uh, you know. You look at the West though. There's not like the team that comes to town and you say you have no chance. They don't. Have, the power teams aren't the power. Those two or three mighty teams aren't there. But there's a lot of good ones. Is the problem? Yeah, I mean, but there's you know there's not these. 65 win teams coming to town, I don't think. Clay Thompson's out for the year in Golden State. Pat, we're up against the clock. We got to go, but we will talk to you tomorrow. Go next. All right. Goodbye.
And by the way, Royce Unchained is coming up next, Judd. Do you remember what you guys talked about, or were you drinking? No, no, a lot of good World <laughs> Series discussion. There's praise for a very unsuspecting person. Okay. In fact, you should listen because he praises somebody you would not expect. And he does say that all you cousins doubters were wrong. That's next. And then game one of the World Series here on Score North on 1500 to follow. Mackie and Jeb with Rami, podcastable Apple, Spotify, Score North app. Public intoxication, which seems okay.